0: Good morning, I think Pastor Mike, uh, Mark missed uh, having to prepare a sermon, so he basically preached my sermon for me already, so you're going to get it twice uh, this morning, uh, but repetition is good, right? So you can uh, follow along, and the passage is on this yellow uh, little outline. So, all summer long, we've been talking about wisdom as we have encountered it in Jesus' teaching from the book of Mark. Today is our last one, so it's kind of the summary one. And some of the topics we talked about is Jesus' teaching on forgiveness, talked about last week on giving it all to Jesus, accepting Jesus as a child, etc. A lot of messages. So on this last Sunday, let's imagine that Jesus is here today in person so we could ask him a similar question that Mark asked the kids. So Jesus, the question we like to ask is, of all those words of wisdom that we learned, what is the most important one? Well, Jesus is not here in person to ask that question, but in the Bible we read about one of the religious leaders Asking Jesus a very similar question, and that's what we will be looking at this morning. But let's begin with prayer. God, we thank you for this summer in the park. We thank you for all the words of wisdom that we learned uh, from the book of Mark, words from Jesus the book of Mark. Thank you that you provided this amazing uh, summer of sunny weather that we could be here outside, Uh, every week. We are so grateful. And God, as we open your word this morning, uh, will you open our hearts and speak to us? And will you empower my words so it may be your words that I speak this morning? And I pray for Bill as he shares part of his story this morning as well. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. So let's read the passage from Mark at 12, and the context of the story is, Jesus just had finished a discussion with a group of religious leaders. They were always asking him questions, and their intent really was to trick him, uh, to make sure that somehow they would, could stump him, and then they could accuse him of something. But this question from this religious leader that we're gonna talk about today was seemingly a very earnest question. So let's, let's read. Mark twelve twenty eight to 34. One of the teachers of religious law was standing there, listening to the debate. He realized that Jesus had answered well, so he asked, of all the commandments, which is the most important? Jesus replied, the most important commandment is this, listen, O Israel, the Lord your God is the one and only Lord. And you must love the Lord your God with all your heart all your soul, all your mind, and all your strength. The second one is equally important. Love your neighbor as yourself. No other commandment is greater than these. The teacher of religious law replied, Well said, teacher. You've spoken the truth by saying that there's only one God and no other. And I know it's important to love him with all my heart, all my understanding, and all my strength, and to love my neighbor as myself. This is more important than to offer all the burnt offerings and sacrifices required in the law. Realizing how much the man understood, Jesus said to him, You're not far from the kingdom of God. And after that, no one dared to ask him any more questions. Now God had given the Israelites ten commandments when they first became a nation. We find those in the Old Testament in the book of Exodus. By the time of Jesus, centuries later, the Jews had accumulated many more laws, over 600 of them. Many of them amplified each one of the Ten Commandments. For example, one of the original Ten Commandments is, honor the Sabbath, Sabbath, and keep it holy. Six days a week are set apart for work, but the seventh day is a day of rest. So the religious leaders added laws that specified, how should you honor the Sabbath and what constitute work? Laws like you can only walk so many meters on the Sabbath. Or you can only spit on rocks because if you spit on sand, you're making clay. Uh, When we were in Israel, Bill and I, a few years ago, uh, at the hotels, they would have an elevator that stopped at every floor just so you wouldn't have to go through the work of pushing the button for the floor that you needed to go in, because that would be considered work. So the leader asked Jesus this very serious question. Of, Pastor Mark gave the kids three rules to choose from. But he says to Jesus, out of all those 600 plus laws, what is the most important one? And just to repeat it once more, this is Jesus' answer. Listen, O Israel, the Lord our God is the one and only God, and you must love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, all your mind, and all your strength. And the second is equally important. Love your neighbor as yourself. And no other commandment is greater than these. Jesus was quoting this from the Old Testament, the book of Deuteronomy 6, 4 to 5. In other words... Love God because he is the only God. And you must love him with everything you have. All your intellect, all your physical energy, all your emotions, all your desires. In other words, a commitment to be all in. And as Mark uh, already said, uh, none of us can uh, keep that commandment. But these commandments, Jesus says, sums up the whole, all the commandments in the Bible. So how do we actually at least work towards doing that uh, following uh, Jesus' example? So throughout the, that's what we're going to look at this morning. And throughout the message, I would like to use the analogy of marriage. Uh, Loving God is not about rules, but about a relationship, just like loving your spouse is not about a rules, but about a relationship. And the Bible often uses the analogy of marriage uh, to kind of model our relationship with him. So the first point uh, that I'd like to make this morning is that love is a commitment. It starts with a commitment. At some point, we make a commitment to love someone. In marriage, you commit to love one another. On your wedding day, you committed to love this person for the rest of your lives. So Bill and I have been married uh, for 41 years. And uh, (laughs) as somebody asked um, me recently, to the same man, 41 years? I said, yep, same man. So we celebrated our anniversary just two Sundays ago. So Bill, if you could come up. I'm going to ask a few questions throughout uh, our message this morning. And the first question I'm going to ask is, Bill, we committed to love one another 41 years ago. What does that commitment look like in your life?
1: Well, it's uh, definitely been a, a learning process, but one of the things that... <laughs> um, you know, um, you make a promise to be faithful, right, on, on your wedding day, but uh, those are words. And it's, you have to think that through, and you have to actually think about that. So faithfulness is one of the things, faithfulness, to Hilda as the only woman in my life, but also not to set business or other things before Hilda or even other uh, pastimes or hobbies that you might have. Um, the other thing is being considerate, to think of Hilda, to serve her, to serve the family. I, those are things that you learn, but they have to be, I found for myself, it's the, the words are fine, but it's the intentionality. It's thinking it through, being committed to doing that. Uh, Doing those things that Hilda likes to do, doing things together with Hilda. Some of them are fun, but some of them are are different than what I had enjoyed to do, so I had to learn that. That was a commitment to do that. Uh, Protecting Hilda, protecting the family. Uh, Sometimes uh, you have to stand up for people. And finally, um, putting Hilda first, putting uh, the family first, getting myself out of the way. Those are some of the commitments that uh, I found I had to do.
0: Thank you. Thanks, Bill. So a commitment is a vow that you make, and loving God is like that too. At some point, you make a decision, a commitment to love God and to follow him with your whole life. You recognize that you're a sinner, that God sent Jesus to die for your sins, and so you commit your life to following him. But your commitment to loving God would be in response to him loving you first. He showed that love on the cross when he sent Jesus. Some of you made that commitment many years ago to following God, others more recently, and maybe there's some of you here that are still thinking about making that commitment. I distinctly remember I was 17, a new immigrant uh, to Canada, and after months of wrestling with doubts and questions, I knew about God my whole life, But was I personally willing to commit my life to Christ? So at 17, I had many questions and many doubts. But eventually, God's love won me over, and I made a commitment to following him. So loving God always begins with him first loving us. Our commitment to God is a response to God's commitment to us. And as Bill already said, it's not easy to keep a commitment in marriage. It's not easy to keep a commitment to God either. Some of us have lived a long life already of seeking to follow Jesus. Uh, It's easy on good days. It's much harder on hard days when we would rather love ourselves and follow our own ways. It's hard when we are laughed at for our faith. It makes us wonder, is this really what we want to do? or in some countries of the world when we're persecuted. Or it's hard when God disappoints us and he does not do what we desperately wish for him to do. Or when life is tough and we feel God could do something about it and he doesn't. The good news is that when we make a commitment to love God, the Holy Spirit takes residence inside of us and he helps us to keep our commitment we can never do that uh, on our own. And there will be times when you need to recommit, probably many times, when you need to recommit to following God. Uh, tomorrow, it's 33 years ago that Bill and I lost our, son, our third son, Daniel. And after that, for the months that followed that, I kind of put God aside. I couldn't deal with the question, why did God let that happen? But I distinctly remember at one one point saying, recommitting my life and then rebuilding that relationship with him. His commitment to me never let go, and his commitment to you will never let go either. God is faithful as we sang that song earlier. So love is a commitment, but love also involves actions. If you love someone, that love will lead to actions and behaviors. You don't make just a commitment and then expect it to just be so, just like that, automatically. Love is a feeling and an action. In our marriages or in our relationships with friends, we develop patterns or actions, traditions, that nurture our relationship. And we need to do the same with our relationship with God. So Bill and I committed early on to take some specific actions that would nurture our relationship. A few of them are is that we committed to as much as possible to share meals together, uh, to pray with and for each other, to share our finances, to support each other's careers, to safeguard spending time together. Each season of our lives, some of those actions have looked differently. When we had little kids, it meant date nights just to get away. Now it often involves putting down our books or our tablets and going for a bike ride or going for walks. We've been together 41 years. We've done this, uh, falling down and picking ourselves up again. But these patterns, these actions helped us to stay commitment, committed to each other. So when you make a commitment to love God with your whole being, that too will require intentional actions that will nurture your relationship with God. We often call these actions spiritual disciplines. So I thought I'd asked a few people, uh, what actions or disciplines have helped you grow in your relationship with God? And so these are a list of some of the answers that I got. First thing in the morning, I sit with God with my Bible wide open and with my journal. This is God time and it keeps me close to him. And then I end my day by thanking God for all the good things he has provided me in this day. Another person said that the discipline or the action of generous giving grows his relationship with God. It is a reminder, he said, that everything I have is God's and that he needs to be first in my life. And I'm told that the board of the village, and they were introduced uh, here last week, that the board of the village texts each other every week to share with each other, what is God teaching me? It's a way for them to keep looking for God and to keep learning from him. Another person, talking about God's love with others is a continual reminder of how much he loves me. So, Bill, back to you. Uh, what are some actions you have taken over the years that helped you stay committed to God?
1: Well, um and again, it's not been a perfect uh, run for me at all. But, uh, you know, I, I, I have tried to do daily devotions, to read the Bible regularly, to have personal prayers. And certainly there have been uh, periods of my life when that's been uh, failing me, and I'm still not a great person when it comes to prayer. Um, attending church, coming to worship services, meeting with uh, believers um, is one of the things that uh, helps me to stay committed. Having friendship with uh, believers and uh, sharing conversations and opening my heart about certain things and uh, yeah, having those discussions, I find those up building. Um, From time to time, I've been able to attend a conference or a retreat or something special like that, a seminar. And um, yeah, those uh, have been moments when I feel I have grown in my faith. I uh, read teaching books, Christian books, that teach us uh, about certain aspects of, being a Christian of living the Christian life and uh, Yeah, recently um, through the missional family. I'm part of I've uh, We I've been partnered with somebody as an accountability partner, and I found that uh, very uh, helpful and some uh, very meaningful conversations have taken and as I said, I'm listing things here these have been things I've done over my life, but not necessarily all things at one time but uh, they've all contributed uh, to uh, where I'm at now, and I'm still growing.
0: Thank you. Thank you, Bill. Uh, For myself, I try to begin each day with God. I start on my knees as a reminder that He is the only God, and He is worthy of my worship. Then I read a section from the Bible, and I journal what I think He's saying to me, and I spend some time in prayer and then I end my day on my knees again. Starting and ending my days on my knees has been a recent discipline that I've added to my day, and I got the idea from uh, from Pastor Mark. But it's been a, a game-changer for me. It's that daily reminder on my knees that he is God. He's the only God, and that I commit my life to serving him. So it's that reminder every day that I commit to serving him. But it's also a reminder every day that he is the almighty god god of the impossible so he can handle whatever comes my way and he can handle the difficult things that come in my life so those are some of the disciplines of people that we talk to so what about you so take a minute and talk to the person next to you and ask the question what nurtures what helps nurture your relationship with god what are some actions that you take or if, uh, if that's a hard question, you can also ask the, answer the question, what actions, what disciplines would you like to grow in? So turn to the person next to you and answer that question. Okay, we probably could keep talking uh, for a while yet and maybe you can do that afterwards. Uh, Are any of us perfect at those disciplines? Bill already said no, and I can certainly uh, attest to that. Practice does help uh, us getting better at these disciplines. But as we said earlier already, only Jesus is perfect in his relationship uh, with God. But because it's hard to stay our whole lives committed, and these are disciplines, and by the very nature disciplines are hard, it's so important that we are also connected with others. Uh, that's why at The Village we encourage everyone to be part of a missional family, or to be part of a group, that to encourage you on your journey, on, your com- on the commitment that you've made to following God. We can't do this on our own. We need we need God and we need uh, each other. In Hebrews 10:24, we read, "And let us consider how we may spur one another on towards love and good deeds, not giving up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another, and all the more as you see the day approaching." So so far we've covered two points: love is a commitment, and that commitment involves actions. The third point I'd like to make is that love requires sacrifice. If we love someone, there are certain things that we will not do because they would hurt the other person and they would hurt our relationships. In other words, we make sacrifices because of our love. And Bill, if I could ask you again, uh, what would you say are some sacrifices that you have made because you have committed to loving me or what sacri- And what sacrifices have you made because of your commitment to loving God?
1: I'm a little uncomfortable with that word sacrifice because you think of Christ's death on the cross, and, and you think, why well, I, I don't uh, stand up to that at all. But, you know, I, I have conversations with people around me, and uh, one of the things that seems to be of value for a lot of people is, is their free time. What do you do with your free time? And so... For me, giving up that free time, it's not my time. It's its time to be with Hilda. It's time to be with the family. Not always, obviously, but, yeah, there's there's times when uh, I would rather have just kind of gone off on my own. Uh, personal preferences, yeah, you get married to somebody, and they run a house, and they uh, they think about different things in a different way, right? You buy a car. They have a different point of view than you do, and uh, I would love to have a sports car, a muscle car, but... Uh, <laughs> but you know <laughs> we have a family and uh that's not not Hilda's cup of tea and uh, <laughs> although she's got a pretty decent bike now right <laughs> <laughs> all right and uh f- finances uh you know for guys us guys uh you know that that's important we we've got our money and uh but from the start Hilda as the said we we agreed that uh, that's that's family that's that's us now and uh so those are things uh, are they sacrifices but yeah those are commitments part of the commitment you have and i think that commitment to god is parallel we i think did we use the t words mark before time treasures talents i think those are the sacrifices you know i give my time for the church for for worshiping him for spending time in devotions Uh, treasures again do we give to the kingdom are there needs around us um you give to organizations that you know are, are helping uh, poor and needy people, refugees, whatever, and uh, and talents. You know, my, of my the work of my hands, the energy that I have. Those are the types of things that uh, it's just not about me, just not about getting ahead in the world. It's about serving in in God's kingdom.
0: Thank you, thank you, Bill. So if we love God, we will also make sacrifices, die to our own desires so we can follow his ways. If God is the only God, then we have to let go of things that are like small gods uh, to us. So let's give a few examples. We give up time. Bill already mentioned that to be here on Sunday mornings. We give up sleep so we can spend time reading the Bible to pray. We give up watching some things on TV or the Internet because it fills our minds with bad thoughts instead of God thoughts. We give up focusing only on our careers because we want to have time for God in our lives. We work hard at giving up bad habits, addictions, because they hinder our relationship with God. So loving God with our whole lives is a commitment, starts with the commitment, but it will involve actions and requires to die to ourselves. But there's one more commandment that Jesus highlighted. Love God and love your neighbor as you love yourself. The second question I asked some people was, how does loving God help you to love others? And these are some some of the responses I got. Because I love God, he helps me love people around me. His love fills me. Loving God gives me his heart for people. I see them through God's eyes. God has forgiven me because of his grace, and it helps me to extend grace to others. I remember that God loves the other person as much as he loves me. He delights in them as much as he delights in me. And so if God loves them, I better love them too. Those are some of the answers uh, that people gave me. John Burke writes, God must be our first love because only then can he teach us to love others. As he loves us. So the one commandment flows into the other. We can't, it's hard to love others unless God's love fills us. Just like to give you a a story. Uh, I got to know, uh, when I got to know Mary, she was a pretty grumpy, grouchy person who would often snarl and yell at people if they did something that she didn't like or uh, just did something what, in her mind, was stupid. But eventually, Jesus found Mary, and Mary responded to his love for her and made a commitment to following following him. And then God began to change Mary, not overnight, and certainly not uh, perfectly. Sometimes she would still snarl at people, especially if they did anything to her daughter, who was very precious to her. But more often than that, uh, when somebody cut her off in traffic, whereas before she might have given them the finger, now she would ask, I wonder what they're in such a hurry about today. God's love began to change her heart. And one day when I was having uh, going through a difficult time, Mary came to visit me. She sat on my bed, she held my hand, and she prayed for me. And when she left, It was like God himself had visited me. God's love changed Mary. He helped her to love others. He will do the same for us. When we've received God's love and had made loving God our first priority, it will be easier to love others. I didn't say easy. Easier to love others. So in wrapping up, back to the teacher of the religious law that asked Jesus that question. After Jesus responds to his question, he agrees. Yes, he says. So it's more important to love than to bring sacrifices and offerings to God. It's more important to love God than not to walk more than one kilometer each Sabbath. He's gotten it. Loving God is not about rules, but it's about a relationship. So we end the summer with these challenging words from Jesus. Are you all in? Or as Mark said, do you want uh, a millimeter of God or you want a cupful. My own example is, do you want an ounce of God or do you want a pound of God? Are you all in? Because in the end, wisdom is recognizing that God is the only true God. And in response to God's love for you, you're invited to commit your whole life, your whole being, to loving him back. And then with his help to love others. In doing so, you will be blessed. But so will this, so will your neighborhood. So will this community as they will be loved uh, through you. Let's pray. God, we thank you for the fact that you love us so much. And that us loving you back always is a response to how much you love us. And thank you, God, that your love is perfect, uh, which ours is not. And so, God, as we end this summer, may we go from here with these words of wisdom ringing in our ears, the invitation to consider you as our only true God, to make a a wholehearted, all-in commitment to you, And then to uh, do actions, disciplines that help us to nurture that commitment. And help us to be willing to set aside first our own priorities so that you can be our number one priority. I pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen.